What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. We are hanging out with you on a Friday. It is Cameron and Tyler and me, Lucas. All three fellas are in the house. Fellas, how are we doing on Friday? Feeling good. I got a couple players that I really want to talk to after doing all these best ball drafts. Um, yep. Just ready to dominate some other fools and some ones later. So I'm I'm feeling good right now. How long has it been since we've had back-to-back episodes in the same week where all three of us are together? That's what I'm saying. It's well, been a minute. I might it's ruin it next week, but... Uh. <laughs> Don't say that. But you'll you'll have a guest. We will have a guest. I won't ruin who it is, but there will be a third person. So there will be a third person next week on at least one of the episodes. Uh, we won't spoil who that is. We'll mm. we'll keep that a secret for now. We're we're excited to have them on. That'll be that'll be great. That'll mm. be great. Uh, yeah. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. Uh, we have. Uh, some overvalued and undervalued players for you in this episode. We each have one player that we think is overvalued in drafts right now and one player that we think is being undervalued in drafts right now. And we are basing this off of an exciting announcement that we're just going to carry over from last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Underdog Fantasy, we are partnering with Underdog Fantasy this upcoming season. We are hosting 50 fantasy football leagues in the next 50 days leading up to the NFL season. By this point, we will be at day. We started Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're in the middle of day five. We're in the middle of day five. That means we will have hosted four fantasy football drafts up to this point and played in them against you. All leagues are 12-man leagues, $3 entry. You can sign up uh, on Underdog Fantasy using the promo code FELLAS, F-E-L-L-A-S, Get 100% instant match on your first deposit up to $100. Uh, and you can head on over to the links in our social media bios to then uh, find the link to join the league of the day. Uh, if the league is full, you'll be redirected to our Discord because we are dropping all the leagues in there as well every single day. So if you don't get in that days, you'll get the notification from Discord immediately the next day when we open the next league. So come play fantasy football with us this year. Put your money where your mouth is. If you think you can beat us, how many K? How many leagues do you think we win out of the 50? 39. I like that. Tyler, what about you? I was going to go with a round number, but I do like crooked numbers. So let's uh, let's say 36. Yeah, You're right. Numbers are 49. <laughs> <laughs> All but one. <laughs> All but one is the correct answer. No, come play fantasy football with us this year. Um, but uh, Underdog is also hosting their Best Ball Mania 3 contest giving away $2 million to first place. $2 million to first place. That's worth going and checking out as well. So sign up for Underdog Fantasy, promo code FELLAS, F-E-L-L-A-S. We will see you in our leagues, and we will see you in the Best Ball Mania tournament as well. For this episode, we are basing our over- and undervalued players based on Underdogs ADP. I just want to use that sound effect as much as I can. We're going to have well, people that is... classically conditioned. They're going to hear that sound and go, oh, I need one underdog. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the official underdog sound now. It, it, it's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> We're basing all of the ADPs based on, I won't do the sound effect here, underdogs ADP currently. Uh, they do all best ball drafts over there, so... Uh, you draft your team, you keep your team, no trade wire, no trades, no waiver wires. Best lineup is put in every single week. So players we think are overvalued and undervalued based on those drafts right now. And let's just dive in to the meat of the content here. Let's talk about overvalued players. Uh, we'll start there. Uh, Cameron, I'm going to have you kick us off. Your overvalued player based on underdog ADP right now. My overvalued player is Marquise Brown. And I don't... I'm not out on Marquise Brown as a player. I actually think he's going to have a decent season. But currently on underdog, he is going as wide receiver 16, uh, pick 36. So he's going at the end of the um, third round, beginning of the fourth round. Um, And for me, that just feels so steep, knowing that DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back um, after week six. 
Hopkins is the number one in this offense. We are drafting Marquise Brown like he is a number one. Um, Kyler Murray has never had crazy high yardage totals either because um, he, do, he does tend to rush the ball a lot, and that's just how he plays. That's why he finishes so high in fantasy, but he doesn't throw the ball a ton. Well, I think Marquise Brown is going to have a better season. Um, I don't think that he's going to quite finish at his wider seat receiver 16 draft position right now and that just feels so steep i don't think i've ever drafted him in a best ball league because every time i get to him there's just so many other wide receivers or running backs after him who i would feel so much more comfortable having on my team um, i do think he is a decent best ball player because he'll have some spike weeks but i just don't feel comfortable knowing that he's only going to be really good for six weeks and then after that he's got a split with deandre hopkins who's a perennial top five fantasy wide receiver so I agree because I don't want to pay that kind of an ADP for a wide receiver that I know is going to be the wide receiver two for where I'm drafting him on my team mm-hmm. to then be outshined by DeAndre Hopkins when he comes back. And any wide receiver I get after that, they won't be as good as the player I can get, <clears throat> excuse me, with the Marquise Brown pick. I would rather just have stud wide receiver too there Tyler I don't know what you think about that is there anything you you push back on or agree with there no I think you know when when you talk best ball you you do have to acknowledge that there will be spike weeks with players but I think what we're saying is that it won't happen as often as people think it will because it's Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown reconnecting now right like we can probably expect like it probably like a one or two weeks where he puts up monster numbers. But other than that, like it, it probably won't happen. And then came, like you said, when Deandre Hopkins gets back, who knows how that offense is going to go into play out. Yeah. I hate this narrative that keeps floating around. Devonte Adams had to go and start it. He's back with his college quarterback. There's chemistry there. Like, yes, but, like, okay, Derek Carr isn't Aaron Rodgers. Let's get our heads on straight there. I, I don't care. The, no amount of chemistry can make up for the greatness that Aaron Rodgers is. Kyler Murray is probably better than Lamar Jackson, but, like, is he better to a point where Marquise Brown is going to get a top 10 target share? No. I, like, maybe for the first six weeks, Maybe. But after that, like Marquise Brown had that target share the entire season in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. And again, it wasn't great uh, production, but it, I just, I have very little interest in these players that are going so early in best ball drafts because they're going to give you six really solid weeks. And then afterwards, you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know the rest of the season. So I would agree with that. Actually, I would rather, let me go look at where his ADP is. Um, on underdog right now and some other wide receivers going around him yeah uh, the other thing too, 16. go ahead the other thing too is he just doesn't have touchdown upside especially when deandre hopkins comes back hopkins Bingo. is a touchdown monster and brown has never been a big touchdown guy and now going to this offense you have james connor who had 16 touchdowns or, or 18 touchdowns last year deandre hopkins was on pace for like 13 i mean there's just not enough touchdowns to go around for him to be borderline top 15 wide receiver because you are taking him at his absolute ceiling right now. And I don't want to do it like that with everything that we've said um, about him so far. I assume we're all taking Michael Pittman and DJ Moore ahead of Marquise Brown. I would take both of them, yes. Would you take Cortland Sutton ahead of Marquise Brown? He's going literally half a, half a spot after. Easily. Tyler, would you? Yeah. Jalen Waddle. He's going about two and a half picks after Marquise Brown. I would. Neither. <laughs> yeah. I, so would you jump to Terry McLaurin then? I yeah, I would. I actually. would. I would take Terry as well. I would take Waddle ahead of Terry. Ooh. What about Marquise Brown? I would take Terry over Marquise Brown, but I wouldn't take either of them. Deontay Johnson. Oh, see, that's Deontay. That, that's I, that's the breaking point. I think I might lean Marquise. Though. I would take Marquise Brown in best ball because I think I get more spike weeks. If I'm taking redraft, I'm going Deontay Johnson pretty easily there. Uh, yes, I 1,000% agree. He, DK Metcalf. 
since Why he's my undervalued he player yes <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him later but like we'll, we'll talk undervalued players later but yeah but again that's one where it's just like like dk metcalf could be the wide receiver one seattle the entire year yeah true locking great you know smith ain't great but like touchdown upside dk metcalf easy yeah. easy uh tyler what about you who's your overvalued player for this season yeah, uh, my overvalued player right now. Um, we actually, or I shouldn't say, well, we, you know, there's a TikTok about this that was posted earlier this week. It's Mr. AJ Brown. And I know that everyone looks at AJ Brown as, you know, super young, super talented, wide receiver one in Philly's offense. But where he's going right now, is just a tad early for me for what I'm expecting out of their offense this year. Look, AJ Brown is going to the team that ran the ball more than the Tennessee Titans last year. And just, you know, the actual statistic was literally 50%, 50% of their plays were run plays. And I, you know, I know that bringing in a talent like AJ Brown does kind of force the scheme to kind of change a little bit, right? Cause now you had to, you have to add him into your offense. Um, but then you, you, you look at who's throwing him the ball. And uh, I think it's safe to say that we like the rusher that is Jalen hurts for fantasy, but we don't really like the passer that is Jalen hurts. Right. And you know, the cherry on top of all of it then is you look at, you know, everyone else that's around that, you know, wide receiver 11 spot or, you know, even on a big board. So his ADP is right around that 26, 27 spot. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, Josh Allen, DJ Moore. Those are like the first five players right after him. And I'm taking one of those guys ahead of AJ Brown every day. Then it gets a little dicey because then it get you know, it goes James Connor, Kyle Pitts, Camara, ETN. At that point, like, you know, I'll probably consider AJ Brown just because <laughs> those guys are not super, you know, intriguing to me. But um, look, I th- is AJ Brown a surefire thing for, you know, a wide receiver one for your team? I don't think so. I, and I think he's another classic. He could have some spike weeks because you know that he can you know, he can take a 70 or he can take a slant to the house. Right. And magically then puts up like a 30 point week. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe the point I'm trying to make Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, Josh Allen, DJ Moore. I feel so much com- more comfortable taking those guys over AJ Brown. Yeah. That's a really good way you put it. Uh, I don't know if I trust AJ Brown to be a wide receiver one on my team, because as we're in the middle of, you know, 50, 50 drafts in the next 50 days, all of them being 12-man drafts. A.J. Brown's going to be a wide receiver one on somebody's team most likely. That's the scary thing. Uh, and and I would agree. I I don't really trust A.J. Brown as my wide receiver one. I would much rather have Keenan Allen. You could probably talk me into Mike Williams as my wide receiver one in best ball over A.J. Brown too. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's really well said. Cameron, anything you want to add on to that? Yeah, we, you already said we're worried about the small passing pie for AJ Brown and we can't act like Devonta Smith, isn't it? And it is nothing. He had hundred targets targets last year, 900 yards and his yards per catch is 14.6. That is the same area of the field that AJ Brown thrives in. Like they, they play in the same area of the field. They're going to take each other's targets. And like you said, Dallas Goddard is there as well. He's no slouch of a tight end. Dallas Goddard puts in some work. So this isn't just like he's walking into um, like an Eagles offense with no pass catchers that you're like, oh, whatever, you know, a small, small passing pie, but who cares? He's going to get targets. He's got to fight for those targets on that team. And so I, I definitely agree. Wide receivers 11 is very steep for AJ Brown right now. It was different because when he was in Tennessee, it was him and Nick Westbrook a kind mm-hmm. and uh Corey Davis Anthony, for a year. Corey Davis, well, yeah, Corey Davis for a year, Anthony Ferkser, right? <laughs> like 
I like no. he's not with nobody's anymore. And so like I we're not saying AJ Brown sucks. AJ Brown is an incredible talent. Could he finish top 10 this year? Oh, absolutely. I don't think any of us are saying that he can't. But all of us in our projections, I believe, have him outside of the top 15 wide receivers. Am I wrong? I have him at 13. But that's, him at, that's right. You have him at 13. I have him at his absolute ceiling. Like, that's the highest I think he finishes. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, if I'm drafting A.J. Brown, that's about where I'm ex- – that's probably where I'll draft him is around wide receiver 13. And that's with the hope he can return top 10 value and not fall, fall um, outside of the top 17 wide receivers, right? Yeah, I, I, I like that pick. I, I definitely agree with that. My overvalued player, and this one pains me. I, it really does. Uh, my you were going to get player, his jersey. You were going to get his jersey. Yeah, I, okay. But hear me out. It's Gabriel Davis. He's the wide receiver 21 in the fourth round of best ball drafts. For the, the fourth round. I'm drafting that dude as a wide receiver too. I love Gabe Davis. I do. I really do. Like you mentioned the Jersey thing, Tyler. He's still in my top three of, of players jerseys. I need to buy, right? Like, like he is still in my top three there. There's no two ways about it. But if I have to pay nearly a top 20 price for him, like pass, pass, hard pass. I'll, I'll gladly miss out on Gabe Davis. If it means not paying a top 20 price for him. Do I expect Gabe Davis to take a step forward? Yes, absolutely. I absolutely expect Gabe Davis to take a step forward. I have him seeing over 100 targets, over 1,000 yards, and seven touchdowns this year. Right, like That is a step forward. Still only comes out as my wide receiver 34, though. And he's going before so many other wide receiver ones. I would rather have him my best ball drafts. I feel like we look at his like big, sexy game in the playoffs against the Bills, right? Like, don't get me wrong, right? Like, like. I will love and cherish that game for my entire life because I have been in on Gabe Davis before it was cool to be in on Gabe Davis. You both can attest to that. I have been pro Gabe Davis before everyone was like, oh my gosh, did you know Gabe Davis was actually kind of good at football? Like, yeah, because I actually watched him (laughs) his rookie season and coming out of college. I I, I actually did my homework. Um, But he's going... Before so many other wide receiver ones, DK Metcalf. I'd rather have DK Metcalf over Gabe Davis in best ball. I would rather have Brandon Cooks. I would rather have Rashad Bateman with the uncertainty that we're now getting with that Baltimore backfield. Gus Edwards, like he's kind of the sneaky, like he might be ready, but with everything with JK Dobbins, right? Like they both had terrible injuries. I don't want to put my chickens in a basket, but you know, or count my eggs before they hatch, right? Rashad Bateman, I think I would rather have him over Gabe Davis. Amon Ra, I would rather have him over Gabe Davis. No question. No question. I think I would rather take Adam Thielen over Gabe Davis, too. In best ball. Uh, Adam Thielen was wide receiver seven before his injury last year. Yeah, that is current ADP for sure. That is current ADP. Yeah, DK Metcalf, wide receiver 24, Brandon Cooks 25, Bateman 26, Amon Ra 29, Thielen 32. So... If I would rather take a Thielen, <clears throat> excuse me, over a Gabe Davis, uh, guys, I'm looking at that range then. Uh, Darren Waller, I would love the positional advantage there. <clears throat> George Kittle's another one. At that point, you're looking at a lot of quarterbacks too, a Justin Herbert, a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. But I mean, a David Montgomery, that's probably someone I would take in that range too over a Gabe Davis. I just, I cannot justify fourth round ADP in best ball drafts on Gabe Davis. I just, I can't. I just, I just can't. I love Gabe Davis. I do. He could easily be the breakout player of the year. I I don't, don't, I just can't pay fourth round ADP on Gabe Davis. I just can't. I, I, I can't. I agree. And like, I think about um, last episode or a couple episodes ago, we were talking AFC East and Ty was saying he thinks Gabe Davis finished top 24. He can. Top 24 is if everything goes perfect. So you're drafting him at his ceiling thinking if everything goes perfect, he barely returns on investment. You know, that's why like Adam Thielen, like you're saying wide receiver 32, he has an average season. He returns on investment, you know, yeah. 
Gabe Davis, you're drafting a ceiling in the fourth round. Like you're saying, it's just insanity. And of course, I'm more on Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis. So like it makes it a little even more insane for me. But it's just like, holy cow, how do we get to this point? Tyler, I need you to make me the Gabe Davis, like why I should be drafting Gabe Davis in the fourth round of, of best ball drafts. Because you are like, not only are you <laughs> you like strings down, <laughs> don't do it to me. You, you, you don't, you don't have to be, you, you can say pass and say like, you're right. Like, I'm not saying you have to, you have to call me wrong. <laughs> you can just uh, say I'm right. I read, I, oof, oof. okay. Um, oof. Uh, I don't want this to happen. But if Stefan Diggs gets injured for some reason, <laughs> resorts to injury. Yeah, you have to bank on an injury for it to be worth it. I mean, that's like, and I think that's the point is that, like, like I, I mean, I'm the highest on Gabe Davis out of all of us, at least in rankings. But I can admit that, like, there's a lot that kind of needs to fall into place for Gabe Davis in order to at least feel like it was a worthwhile pick, especially in best ball where he's pretty much top 20. He basically is. He basically is. Uh, he is going 0.4 picks after Deontay Johnson, who's going as wide receiver 20. Oh boy. Oh boy. 43.1 for Deontay, 43.5 for Gabe Davis. Going four picks after Terry McLaurin, but four and a half after Waddle. It's just I I can't justify fourth round ADP on Gabe Davis. If you talk to me in the fifth or sixth, then I probably could. But like I understand. Let me also get this straight. I understand best ball is different than redraft, right? And we're we're not going to get Gabe Davis in the fourth round of redraft. Nobody's going to do that. Okay, like everybody's going to cool their jets on Gabe Davis and redraft. But I haven't seen enough from Gabe Davis to justify taking him fourth round in his spike weeks. Like, here, I even have oh, – oh, here we go. Here we go. I, I got some insane stats here that I wrote down for this. La- end of last season was when he went on his tear, right? Um, that was week 13 on. He went on his nice little tear. Saw targets of four, eight, seven three and 14 across those games. Okay. So he saw seven plus targets in three out of five of those games. He was still only the wide receiver 28 overall. He was 32nd in targets, 45th in yards, 48th in receptions amongst wide receivers. And you're telling me I got to spend a fourth round pick on that guy. He got four touchdowns. That's great. Like, like Tyler, when you said like, it's not otherworldly that we could that Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis could catch ten touchdowns apiece. I agree. I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. I just I I uh, I'm saying it too much. I, I sound like a broken record. I just can't do fourth round ADP. I I need more. I need more. I want Gabe Davis to make me eat my words. That's where I'm at with this. <laughs> Let's move on to undervalued players. Uh, let's, let's turn the corner here and talk about some guys that we are really excited to draft. Uh, and let's just bring it around the horn again, Cameron, we already kind of alluded to yours. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Mine's DK Metcalf. Um, and I understand if you're really scared about Drew Locke, that's fine. That's whatever, you know, I am too. Um, that's why I'm all the way down at wide receiver 14 or 15 in my rankings, but, um, he is currently going as the wide receiver 24. 51.8. That's in the fifth round. This guy was a second round pick last year. And I understand Russ, it makes a huge difference. Um, That's the reason we're projecting Cortland Sutton to have such a good year this year um, is because he has Russ and not Drew Locke. However, DK Metcalf is a physical beast. I mean, the dude is six foot four, 230 pounds, runs a four, four can bench press like 225, 24 times. He's going to score touchdowns. Like, if they're in the red zone, they're throwing a DK Metcalf. He is the best wide receiver and the best tight end on the field at all times. And so I just think that no matter what, even if the tart, I mean, I don't even think targets come down. Receptions come down. Yards come down. Touchdowns are still going to be pretty good. This dude is 
wide receiver 14 last year, and we were extremely disappointed with him. <laughs> like, there are so many people saying, oh, my gosh, how could you ever draft? He was wide receiver 14. He was wide receiver 7 the year before that. I mean, he's got insane upside. And I'm not convinced that Drew Locke's starting this season. So, yeah, when we were going through all those players for Marquise Brown, I would draft DK Metcalf ahead of all of those players. Yeah, I would all agree. All of those wide receivers we were talking about with Marquise Brown. Yeah, And so I was looking at my – because you can look at your exposure, who what players you have on underdog. 80% of my leagues, I have DK Metcalf. Oh. Because he's just right there, and I cannot convince myself to take any of those other wide receivers over him because it's usually, you know, you're coming around a turn, he's coming back, and he's just buried so far down there. And I'm like, I'm not going to just sit here and not get him because he's farther down and take a guy I don't like. I'm going to take the guy I like. So I just think he's crazy undervalued, and I think he's just too talented to be a wide receiver 24. I like how you said – we're disappointed with him as the wide receiver 14 last year, as if we weren't warning people Mm -hmm. about drafting him as the wide receiver six last year. Yeah. Like, okay. Now, like we need to calm down a little bit on DK. I don't know if we were like necessarily saying like, you should draft him outside of the top 10, but like, I think it's just ironic that we were already telling people to pump the brakes. Yeah. And now that people have just like full out slammed on them in the middle of the interstate with, traffic flying around him at 70 miles an hour like okay wide receiver 24 um, i know yeah I, we, I i agree i want dk metcalf over almost all those guys in that same range yeah yeah i just i it feels weird going from like you know being not anti dk metcalf but i wasn't gonna pick him anywhere to now i'm like you should be drafting dk metcalf you know like i'm a dk metcalf stand pretty much so it's just crazy like how the tides have turned just because I don't know. Situation changed a little bit. The situation does matter. Like you can't can't get me wrong, but talent matters too. You know, it's a fine line between the two of them. A thousand percent does. I mean, like I, I'm even looking at Jerry Judy, Allen Robinson going ahead of DK Metcalf. Oh, it's so gross. I especially Jerry Judy. He, I might have, I should have done him as my over. I just, ugh. yeah, I don't, I don't like that. But yeah, no, I agree. DK Metcalf absolutely undervalued in best ball drafts right now. Tyler, I'm going to kick it to you. I really am excited to hear about yours because this is one I don't think the listeners are ready to hear, but I think it's sneaky one that they need to hear. So we've, we've touched on skill positions, right? You know, wide receivers and a little bit of running backs, tight end here and there. We're going over to the quarterback for this one. And we're talking about none other than our favorite quarterback, Kirk Cousins. And he's currently going as a QB 15 in best ball drafts. The quarterback 15 behind guys like Derek Carr, like Aaron Rodgers. Trey Lance is a top 10 quarterback. That feels really early for me. He's going as quarterback nine, correct? Yes. I think people bank on the rushing upside there, so I understand that more in best ball. But I think well, I get where your argument's going. So steep. It's steep. It's and, steep. And it's, it is steep. And and I think people need to start saying this. It's not a guarantee that Trey Lance starts this year. If Jimmy is healthy by the start of the season and there's no trade partner, why wouldn't San Francisco start Jimmy? Because they know what they can get with Jimmy in that offense. Anyway, this isn't about Trey Lance. This is about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins presents at his current ADP one of the most uh, enticing and potentially the most rewarding stack with Justin Jefferson and best ball this year. And I, I don't think we've touched on it just yet, but when it comes to best ball, Getting stacks is a sneaky good way of always, you know, getting points week in, week out. It helps so much because when your best lineup is automatically in there, you are locking in more points automatically on peak weeks. Like you are capitalizing on a player's keep on a player's massive week by also having their quarterback or their wide receiver, vice versa. Exactly. So 
with Kirk going so late in draft because he's he's at that 113, 114 spot, which means oh, he's right around and around nine. And yeah, around nine. Yeah, yeah, and around nine. With some of the other quarterbacks, like Josh Allen. I mean, we'll we'll start at the top. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, and, and I've seen Kyler go early too, within like the first like five rounds. Then you get into Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, and then Trey Lance, which we're not necessarily like in on with the QB nine label. Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Matt Stafford. Then Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers as well. Like the value that you're getting with Kirk because of potential stacks with this new scheme that he's getting now in Minnesota, where honestly, it should just unlock Kirk. Honestly, like I know everyone likes to say that, you know, if McVay could do it with Stafford, like O'Connell can do it with Kirk. I don't think it's as simple as that. No, no, but it's I, not. <laughs> but what I do know is that the scheme that's coming into Minnesota is going to take the pressure off of Kirk, make it a lot easier for him to be a quarterback. And some, and yeah, I know that he doesn't have rushing upside like some, you know, like Trey Lance or Russ, because he can also break off runs or Dak even, right? Like, I get it. But look, Matt Stafford literally went from like borderline top 10 to top five last year. Is it a stretch to say that, you know, Kirk can be top 15 to top 10? I uh, know. No. When he's been a top 12 quarterback, six of the past seven seasons. Bingo. Like if you're, if you want to punt, I shouldn't say punt because like, who knows? There could be a quarterback that does kind of slip and fall in a draft, and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Like, Jalen Hurts is going around later than his ADP. Like, you can take that, but then you can also then get a awesome quarterback, too, to have with Kirk. So, yeah, that's that's the big thing is, like, I think that's the question I want to ask and follow up. If you draft, draft Justin Jefferson first round, should you automatically – punt on quarterback and build up a ton of depth on your team. And, you know, when you get to the, well, we, we said the ninth round, right. Where you're looking yep. at Kirk cousins, do you just go back to back quarterbacks with a Kirk cousins and like a Justin Fields with high rushing upside. Uh, we talked about Trevor Lawrence earlier this week mm-hmm. uh, with, with his upside there. Like, do you go for something like that? Or do you think it's still worthwhile to also take, uh, you know, a Matthew Stafford, potentially a Dak Prescott in the meantime to then really double up on Kirk. So here's one of my favorite strategies that I've been doing a lot this year. I don't have the exposure stat that Cam had for DK, but <laughs> if I'm taking Jefferson round one, I'm absolutely punting at quarterback until Kirk comes around as my quarterback one. Yeah, because then there's another quarterback that I thought about putting in here. Ryan Tannehill is currently going as a quarterback yeah. 25. Yeah. Yep. He's and a great one. If I can get him as my quarterback too, and then also knowing that guys like Austin Hooper are going as the tight end 25, and um, you can pick up Traylon Burks or Robert Woods <laughs> along the way. And they're both going as deals. I like – those are the two sneaky quarterbacks that I'm I'm really targeting in best ball drafts because I know how well I can make a draft work by making or by getting stacks with those quarterbacks. Building correlation is so key in best ball drafts. And typically you want to try and do it with the better offenses. But when you look at an offense like the Buffalo Bills, well, you look at Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, you're paying a lot of early ADP on some of those guys and sacrificing a lot of potential depth on your team that you could be building, you know, all of a sudden, like, like, uh, I don't want to compare the, the, the stack. Like, I think, I mean, Matthew Stafford's going as the quarterback 12, right around mm-hmm. that same range as Kirk Cousins, about 20 picks earlier though. Um, him and Cooper cup. I am absolutely punting on quarterback and taking Matthew Stafford. Uh, like if you have Devonte Adams, I think you can do it with Derek Carr. Like, I don't hate that. 
I, I think that's probably another one similar to, but man, that Kirk stack and all the depth you can pick up along the way. That's just, it's too easy. <laughs> it, it's too easy. It's too easy. Well, and, and I mean, another, because we posted a thread on Twitter about stacks and literally the number one stack we had Stafford and Cooper cup because Again, you can get him round one and just punt on you know until Stafford comes around. CD and Dak also because Dak is quarterback eleven right now. Like you can grab like a stud running back round one, and then round two comes back around. Like picture this, right? I know that we're big fans of DeAndre Swift. Let's say you take DeAndre Swift end of round one. Round two comes back to you, and you take CD Lamb. You continue to build out depth in running back wide receivers. Who knows? Maybe you grab a tie, a type, oh my, a top end tight end. There we go. There it is. T E T E. That was funny. Um, but Dak is going as a quarterback 11. Like that, you have a potential league winner with DeAndre Swift. You have yeah. a guy that has a safe floor and can even go higher with his ceiling with CeeDee Lamb. And you pair that up and then you stack it with, with Dak. Like if you can weaponize and get a stack or even like Tom Brady and Mike Evans, right? Like, I don't know what it is about the 10, 11, 12 and 15 number quarterbacks. Like there's value there. And I absolutely in on those guys because more I can build up depth. I give myself a better chance of a stack. Bingo. Building out depth is so key. And you can grab one of those early wide receivers. The, I'm, I'm so amazed. You look at 10 through 15 for quarterbacks, you can get so many of those stacks at such a bargain mm-hmm. while building up so much talented depth in the first nine rounds of drafts. It feels like a no brainer every time. I had to ask that. I think it was worth discussing for the people who haven't played best ball before. Right. So when you get into these leagues with us, all of a sudden now you you know our strategies, you might have a better chance of beating us, but maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. Uh I'll I'll transition to my undervalued player at this point. Um, my undervalued player is Kareem Hunt. I I don't know what it's going to take for people to quit drafting Kareem Hunt like Nick Chubb is his father. Like I I love his ADP because it is such a steal, but it infuriates me all at the same time because people are still undervaluing him this much. There is no reason he should be going as the wide receiver 31, 94th overall. No reason whatsoever. No reason. The man is a walking top 20 metric. First six games of last year before his injury. 20th in rushing attempts. 13th in rushing yards. 6th in yards in attempt amongst running backs with at least 50 rushing attempts. 2nd in rushing touchdowns. Tied for 2nd in rushing touchdowns, excuse me. ninth in running back targets. 10th in running back receptions. 12th in running back receiving yards. Oh, he also scored 1.06 fancy points per opportunity. 1.06 1.06 fantasy points per opportunity, which was sixth best amongst running backs. Everything, and I mean literally everything, says Kareem Hunt should be drafted as a top 25 running back, if not a top 20 running back. I'm, I am I am going to end up with so much Kareem Hunt in best ball leagues, and it's just silly that he's going outside of the top 30 running backs right now. It is absolutely silly. Walking top 20 metric. I don't I, I I don't know what you want me to tell you. He was running back nine during that stretch too. Did I say that? Did I say he was the overall running back nine? I don't think I did. He was the overall running back nine. Finished as a top 12 running back the year prior. Nick Chubb is not his father. Okay. That's not no. I don't care what you have to say about Jacoby Brissett. Miles Gaskin was still top 10 in running back targets with Jacoby Brissett last season. If Miles Gaskin can do that, 
Kareem Hunt is miles better than Miles Gaskin. No pun intended. Uh-huh. I hated that I said that. Yeah, no, no. I am going to so much Kareem Hunt in these drafts. I know you agree with me too. Like I won't even ask for any follow-up. I know you agree with me because it is just absolutely crazy how people are just ignoring Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's going again, running back 31. And there are values for running back twos currently. Starting David Montgomery at the running back 20. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, if I want to spend the first four rounds of my drafts taking wide receivers, like going genuine zero RB and ending up with Monty in the fourth and Kareem Hunt in the what? Ninth? Eighth. 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 Thank you. Happily. I mean, even... <laughs> we, we, we... Yeah. We haven't done this guy any due diligence at all, but Antonio Gibson. I see. I thought about doing him, but I saw Kareem Hunt, and I said the people need to absolutely stop this madness. Yeah. Well, even I mean, if you if you look at Gibson like an RB two, he's going as the RB twenty five, and then you can you can grab a RB three and Kareem Hunt at the RB thirty one. That gives you at least one opportunity to grab another wide receiver on the way. That uh let's just throw out a name like a Christian Kirk, a Kadarius Tony, a oh, yeah, Kadarius Tony in best ball. Give me all that. Like the more opportunity that you give yourself to, you know, you can phrase it as continue build out depth or continue to get guys that, you know, have some really high ceilings compared to their, compared to their ADP right now, the more that you can get those guys along the way, the better off you will be. The key to best ball is that you don't pick your lineup every week and therefore you want to give yourself more options. Having more options, like you always want to do that in your drafts, don't get me wrong, but in best ball specifically, how can you build the roster with the most upside and the most options to explode on a given week? It baffles me cream hunt is still going outside of the top 30 i it, it, it doesn't even baffle me like it baffles me and infuriates me it makes me so happy because i'm getting him at such a bargain i just oh i don't know what the people need to hear <laughs> hopefully we try does. to pump out good advice whenever we can but the consensus just i'll be sitting here not. when he's top 15 this year i'll be sitting here when he's top 15 so just like Mo Alley Cox. I'll be here with you. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> All right, we're getting too wild. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is that is it for this episode of the Fantasy Football Fells podcast. Tyler, any uh any honorable mentions you want to throw out there? Maybe we should do that here for two minutes. We Ooh. talked about Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Um, is there anybody else that you were considering? Maybe one other player you were considering for each category. Ooh, okay. So we might have poked at him a little bit throughout the episode, but maybe to just full out say it. I'll, I'll leave that one up to you. (laughs) I mean, I think Antonio Gibson was the one that I thought about for undervalued Um, looking at overvalued. I I debated Javante, but decided running back 12 probably isn't out of the realm of possibilities for him. Um, I like, I understand that it's not my preference, but, I understand people's pushback on it. Um, who was the other guy I was looking at? Oh, Travis Etienne was another one that I was thinking was like for best ball, slightly overvalued. I think people, I, 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 all the people that are taking him there are the, I believe in him to be a running back one. Yeah. And then um, last one for overvalued, Jerry Judy was the other one at wide receiver 22. I'm not comfortable taking him. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a little, that's a little steep. Um, I'll give you two undervalued players right now. Uh, one running back, one wide receiver. Um, the running back is Chase Edmonds. Oh, yes. He's going yes. as the RB33. Give, give me all the Chase Edmonds. So, like, let's say you miss out on Kareem Hunt. Go get Chase Edmonds then. Here, um, okay, call me crazy. I, I think I might go do a best ball draft after this. And I'm going to try and end up with my three running backs as Rashad Penny, Kareem Hunt, 
and Chase Edmonds. I love it. I love it. And just wide receiver quarterback heavy. Yeah, Tight I love it. In there. I love it. Just give me all the high upside running backs. Yeah. One of those, two of those three will explode. Not explode on given week, but will give me a safe enough floor to, you know, give me, give me a floor from all my wide receiver talent. Yeah. Um, last uh, undervalue guy, Jacoby Myers. Yes. Oh, give me all the Jacoby Myers too. He's going as the wide receiver 59. That's better than it was. He was going 64. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, slightly... when I wrote that I wrote a thread on him for Twitter. I yeah. believe I had him going as 60. I'll confirm that number right now, but he was 60 something for sure. I can confirm confirm that. And he's a stat guy too. Like oh, 100%. <laughs> like that's unbelievable value. And everyone's like, "Well, Devontae Parker's there." Ah. I don't care. That. He's a safety blanket. Wide receiver 60. He was going at so he went up one. Oh, but man. still, that's still a steal. Yeah. Um, just one overrated player yep. or overvalued. Um, give me. Oh, oh boy! Oh, I had somebody and then I lost them. <laughs> um, DeAndre Hopkins. Overvalued. Wide receiver thirty six. I I get it. I think um, I think I'm maybe, okay with that though. The, I think the disclaimer for me is if you have gone heavy wide receiver, then DeAndre Hopkins makes absolute sense, right? But if you're trying to balance out like running backs and grabbing a a, a solid QB and a tight end to the point where you're then like. I only have two running backs and two wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I, I would pass on DeAndre Hopkins on right. Take a and more so, fire guy. Exactly, and I think that's that's the disclaimer I'm going to put on DeAndre Hopkins. Is like Hopkins, he fits a very specific strategy going into a draft. Yes, for best ball especially. Right, you can't you can't bank on on. I mean, because you know what I, I I mean, you know when he returns, he's going to be good. Yeah. But if you, again, you cannot, I, you, you can't punt the first six weeks of the season waiting for him to come back. That's not how best ball works. No, no, you're toast in best ball if you do that. You're absolutely toast. You're so, absolutely toast. Yeah, that's that's how, yeah, Hopkins isn't like, holy cow, he's going way early, but it's just the, you know, it's the disclaimer of like, your draft has to go up a very particular way in order for you to feel comfortable taking him at 36. Yep. Definitely agree. We'll wrap it out there. Uh, Cameron did have to bolt out a little bit early. Um, so it'll just be Lucas and Tyler closing out the podcast for you here. Any final thoughts that you have? Man, oh man, I can't wait for the announcement. Oh, we got a big announcement coming next week. Uh, we're excited for that. Remember, we are hosting 50 fantasy football drafts in 50 days. Tyler, are we gonna? I don't know if it'll be you and me. Are we gonna be back tomorrow? We might be back tomorrow for the people live. Live, or oh, yeah, yes, Saturdays. We're gonna be going, uh, we're gonna be trying to go live, uh, on YouTube, on TikTok. Uh, if we can to uh we'll go live uh, uh across all those platforms we're going to have you join us for our draft of the day on saturday we want to do a live draft all so make sure you sign up for underdog fantasy using the promo code fellas and be on the lookout for that link especially in our discord um we'll be dropping that link in there that's probably the best place you can get access to anything so go join our discord you will get links to all of our leagues daily tyler and i maybe cameron We'll see if we can get him in. We'll see. We'll see. We'll be going live. We'll be going live, YouTube, uh, TikTok for sure, to get users in our drafts. Uh, and we'll do a live podcast. We'll do a live podcast and break it down as we do that draft. So we're we're looking forward to that. Uh, make sure to hit us up on the socials, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas Facebook, YouTube, and the good old TikTok. Good old TikTok. The good old TikTok. I'm I'm still 
I think it's been a celebratory week. It really, it really has been. It's been a celebratory week. We went out on Wednesday, the crew, the three of us and our wives. Uh, we went out on uh, Wednesday to celebrate. So we are very grateful um, for all the support you all have shown us. So honestly, like I haven't gotten sentimental about 100,000 followers on the podcast yet. Granted, I only had one podcast to do it, but I'm going to do it now. <laughs> when we started this, like the podcast was just kind of the starting point. We're like, this would be fun. <laughs> and like any good marketing strategy you want to advertise your podcast on the socials and tiktok just happened to blow up and now all of a sudden we're getting numerous opportunities uh to to continue making this something we love while also um being able to interact with our fans in real time um i did you think this was possible a year ago like i know we all kind of dreamt big but like if we're being honest when we were on zoom for our first ever podcast episode were you thinking yeah you know what we're gonna have over 105,000 followers on tiktok man i i know i mean we're mid-tier influencers at this point we yeah i mean they're to the point where we have people coming up to us and saying Hey, are you are you a part of the the fancy football fellas? It's true. I've had that happen. Yeah, it's you can't imagine that when you're first starting out because you're just no. like again, we're, we're it's three guys, it's three dudes just being stooges and talking football. That's all it really started out as, and I don't know what we've said. I don't know how well we've said things but it's been good enough that y'all have been wanting to follow us and, and see what else we have to say. And there's, there are few words to really describe, like you said, how grateful and how appreciative we are of all of you that tune in and listen and, and follow us on socials. Hey, we've screwed up along the way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, I, I botched a half a dozen calls last year. I'm not going to hide that, but I've also hit a few home runs. Uh-huh. I've we uh, I should say I all of us across the board. I think on TikTok specifically, I've, I had posted my starts and sits. I, I will forever be haunted by telling you to bench James Conner when he went off for forty fantasy points in a week. I will forever be haunted by that. Don't get me wrong, but we rebounded from that pretty nicely the rest of the season, right? So, all that to say, we are grateful for all of you. We are grateful for all of your support. Those of you who have come over from our socials and are listening to the podcast, we are we are very grateful for you. So. Make sure to hit us up on, on on our other socials as well. We're looking forward to keeping this thing growing for y'all. Three Stooges being dudes. Cameron was on the episode. I can say Three Stooges. Yeah, you can. Yep. Three Stooges being dudes. We're the fantasy football fellows. We'll see y'all next week with, oh, I got to plug this, special guest coming on later next week as well. We're looking forward to that. Three Stooges being dudes, fantasy football fellows. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.